Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. Of course, the Dace Group coming up here in just a matter of moments. Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage will be joining us for that. So we look forward to hearing and seeing her in just a few moments. Uh, also, Feedback Friday, including... We got a note from one of the police officers involved in the Tulsa shooting, and that has gotten no news coverage. Isn't it it odd that healthcare workers being attacked, we had a church shooting here uh, in, in, in central Iowa last night, and there has been no attempt by the major media to turn those events into cause celebs instead it's only when this happens at the schools which just goes to show you that this isn't about gun safety it's about an agenda and whatever was the motivation for a church shooting i mean they hate the church anyway um and then it was a black man who did the shooting in tulsa so that doesn't fit the narrative Um, Yeah, it was a white guy that did the worst shooting ever in Vegas back in 2017, but those were mostly straight white people at a country music concert. So again, doesn't fit the narrative. Has to be a very specific target that can be politicized for a disarming agenda. And that's why they even pick and choose the tragedies that they will attempt to politically monetize and message. So we'll get into his note uh, and more coming up on Feedback Friday a little bit later on. Of course, you know, I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. We've been telling you about a new partner we have here on the show, by the way. Viciously Loyal is a new uh, line of clothing. And this stuff is so cool. I'm actually, for the first time on the show, uh, wearing their gear. It almost makes me look presentable. Almost. Almost. So just imagine... What it can do for you, for those of you that uh, other humans may actually find presentable to look at. All right. It is a line, a long line of clothing and swag produced by a long line of servicemen and women who choose to be servants to their community uh, and have lived their lives with purpose in everything they do. And it's all made and printed right here, even designed right here in the USA. So if you want to take a look at what they have to offer, uh, check them out at viciouslyloyal.com. That's viciouslyloyal.com. All right. And you can, you can see if you, if you get a shot at my shirt, there, some of the values that uh, they are trying to uphold. And that's why they are, they are marketing and promoting on a show like this, viciouslyloyal.com. And then use my name, Steve, as a discount code at checkout to get 20% off your new viciously loyal gear. And now it is time for the Dace Group.
And there she is. We welcome Jill to the panel as we begin with your weekly look at the week that was with issue one bleep Lord Nefarious says. Trans people don't transition for athletics. We transition to be happy and authentic and our true selves. Transitioning to get an advantage is not something that ever factors into our decisions. This is not Leah Thomas's fault. Um, it's really the woke world that's out there right now uh, gave Leah Thomas the ability to honestly take away medals uh, from other athletes. Uh, she played by the rules, but my beef has been with the NCAA. They've got to harden these rules because the NCAA should be out to protect women's sports. I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of like g getting to the truth again in social why, why life. Is that, why is that uncomfortable? Because that it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, and the if truth? you and, and if you keep probing, we're gonna stop the interview. I, if I probe about what the truth is? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying how to is, you, how is the word truth condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is? And you're walking on. 30 seconds more of the nights before I get up. Male gametes, that's what makes me male. No, your, your sperm don't make you male. Then what does? It's a constellation. In reality, in truth, okay? Whose truth are we talking about? The same truth that says we're sitting in this room right now, you and I. No, you're not listening. If I, if I see a chicken laying eggs and I say that's a female chicken laying eggs, did I assign female or am I just observing a physical reality that's happening in the world? Does a chicken have gender identity? Does a chicken cry? We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. You will not stop us from advancing the Protecting Our Kids Act today. You will not stop us from passing it in the House next week, and you will not stop us there. If the filibuster obstructs us, we will abolish it. If the Supreme Court objects, we will expand it. Mandate should never be an excuse for not empowering the American people with the knowledge that they need to understand why masks work and why they should be used in certain situations. And I think sometimes we use mandates because we don't want to take the time to explain the science and the data and really have people understand who should be using them and why they should be using them. COVID is now a leading cause of death in Australia with a warning, an alarming number of people are falling victim to the disease. It's prompted fresh calls to mask up as we head into winter to reduce the strain on the state's health system and save lives. All right, let's get to the first question. Jill is the guest and because we believe in chivalry here on this show. So ladies first, what was the strongest scent of sulfur you detected while watching that montage this week? Uh, well, 1A is Justin Trudeau trying to take away the handguns up in Canada. I believe that they lasted 70 days for the Shanghai lockdowns. And we've seen so many videos coming out of China where they felt free just to bubble wrap you up and duct tape you up and put you into the back of a van and take you who knows where. Uh, but 1B in that montage was out of Australia with the COVID talk and, and the narrative coming back. I mean, I have COVID right now. I, I can't go outside right now. Like, I'm totally cool. It's, it's my second round of COVID, but 
what they're trying to do still, it's, it's unreal in my mind that they can't look at COVID where it is right now as a, as a minor cold and inconvenience. And they look at the numbers and after the vaccines and they're saying, oh, there are more deaths now than ever, but they can't objectively look at the truth and question, why are there more deaths now after the vaccine than we had before? And all the reasons why and all the potential answers to your question are bad. All the potential answers are bad. Todd, what about you? Well, this one was the Kobayashi Maru, by the way. There, there's no there's no correct answer on this. There's, you can't say which one is obviously correct. That was unbelievable insanity that if the Founding Fathers turned it on, honestly, they would just like, uh, do you have nukes? We hear you have nukes. We've made a Drop horrible mistake. Yes. We have made a horrible mistake. Yes. And now that we have leverage... All right. We kicked the Redcoats out. Now is a great time to renegotiate with the crown. Yes. We have leverage yes. and let's rethink this entire yes. thing. Yes. Here, I have two parts I'm connecting together. It is Tom, Tom, Leah at the beginning. And just, this is me just wanting to be happy. And then it's blue hair, doctor, gender chicken. I believe she's a tenured professor at Brown. Yes. I think I read. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Who she says, do chickens cry? That, that, that's everything. And it's not just on the gender issue. It's on everything uh, that we just got done talking about uh, with Jill on can they look at this objectively. It's all emotive. All of it. If a, if a chicken cried, of course, everything the chicken said would matter. And in their particular magic, if the other chicken who didn't cry didn't like it, tough see that's the amazing magic of all this thing it's only the happiness of tom tom leah to go in and do whatever he wants and throw his junk all around the women's locker room but the happiness or the crying of the girls that are already on the swim team this is where you know uh bruce jenner screw you he followed all the rules no he didn't he's a guy and by extension, if I may piggyback on yesterday, uh, screw you, Sean Hannity, for even hamming him on. This is what you have to understand. The emotions of all the girls on that team don't matter. Only the emotion of the most deranged lunatic you Correct. can find in any situation matters. Correct. Correct. Understand that, Matt. That's if demonic. you don't... Get the hell out of the way. Go do whatever you're going to do. But you're as big a part of the problem because you fundamentally do not understand that we the, these are terrorists there. And, and they don't even they don't their their C4 is babble like that. And we take it. Yeah, the, 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 teammate, the teammate of, as we saw yesterday, that Matt Walsh uh, interviewed, the teammate of Will Thomas said for complaining or for sharing concerns about yeah. locker rooms, they were the ones that were given the psychiatric evaluations, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were the crazy ones in, mm-hmm. that, in that scenario. I know Jill wasn't here yesterday. I don't want to reiterate that the whole 15-minute rant on this I went on yesterday. Uh, but since Jill was not here... You know, I pointed out yesterday, Jill, that um, the idea that we somehow use Bruce Jenner's psychosis as a weapon to push back on the psychosis, when in reality, 
no one at Fox News, the, Fox News has proven that they are really good at hiring hot chicks to read conservative or, or baseline, low-lying fruit GOP talking points off a teleprompter. They have, they have perfected that over the last 25 years, okay? How many hot chicks right now are more deserving of the role and title of GOP, uh, or I'm sorry, Freudian slip, uh, uh, Fox News contributor, by just reading the GOP talking points that they load up on the teleprompter, Ron Burgundy style, okay? How many more are now unemployed because a guy pretending to be a woman took their spot? Because no one at Fox gave a damn what Bruce Jenner thought about anything until he flirted with the idea of cutting his sack off. No one cared. No one, no one, no one, no one thought about it till he overdid the mascara and uh, did the literal bearded lady act. He was on no roster, no guest. No, he was never booked to come on and tell the world and, and Fox News's audience what he thought about any matter whatsoever until he gave himself over to his own gender dysphoria psychosis. So he in and of himself, his role on Fox News is is taking an opportunity away from someone who is far more qualified for that gig than him but just lacks his psychosis. So what what what's the moral high ground there, Jill? First of all, I watch the show every day, Steve, so I definitely heard what you said okay. yesterday. But when I when I look at this, we're told that being a woman is special and there, you know, all these gender equality and women should be paid as equals. And, and there's this whole feminist movement. Well, if a man can just say that he's a woman, then what inherent value is there right. in actually being a woman? Exactly. You're, you're taking away the argument by simply saying, we have to believe you if you just say that you are, and now they're trying to say, you know, four-year-olds can say that they are, you know, male to female and female back to male. When have we ever listened to children and, and believed just what they thought? And then we we project that on through adulthood. And we used to call it mental illness. At some point in the last five, 10 years, that has stopped. And we have now said, okay, as a society, this has now become mainstream because like you're saying, it's right there on Fox News in your face every night. Aaron, your turn. So my worst of the worst this week was that purple haired lady. Now, it's not actually a clip that's in the montage, but Matt Walsh features her three or four times in his documentary, What is a Woman?, which you should definitely watch. Um. And every time, except for maybe the last or second to last time, that version that you just saw in the montage is what she is. Gender is a constellation. You're not listening. Can chickens cry? And then the conversation turns to puberty blockers. And then there's a specific drug that is given to children to help them block, block their puberty. What, what it also does is it uh, chemically castrates them. Mm-hmm. And all the while, she's going like this, just kind of all tippy-dippy. Walsh asks her, um, you're giving this drug, which is known to chemically castrate. And immediately, she, what? No, we got to end the interview. That's my worst of the week. Because I, I still think, even in the confidence of belief in their nonsensical worldview, even within all of the confidence that you see on a day-in and day-out basis, there is still something there, there. That recognizes, yeah, what we're doing is still pretty effed up. Yeah, they know. They know yep. what they're doing, and that's my worst of the week. Absolutely. They're, as Paul says, without excuse. Yes. Exit question. 
Jill, I'll start with you. Do you find New York accents sexy? Paul Alexander demands to know. <laughs> oh, uh, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, my teleprompter failed. We'll move on. Uh, on, a, on a scale of one to 10, with one being the odds that Hunter Biden did not smoke crack with any pole dancers this week. And 10 being the odds Lindsey Graham did smoke some pole this week. Rank this week's level of total depravity. Todd. I was actually going to be far more vicious after what he has been saying the last 24 hours. So that was me toning it down. Aaron. Yeah. If you want to get an AR 15 or ever wanted to, now is the time 10 Jill 10 before we get to issue two, let me tell you about our friends over at my Patriot supply, because the next time it happens here, it couldn't happen here happens here. Make sure you're ready. It could be the food supply. That's why right now they're offering you $150 off a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply, America's largest preparedness food preparedness company. They've got you ready. No supply chain issues. Three square meals a day, including snacks and drinks for everyone in your household, over 2,000 calories a day. So you will get all the nutrition you need. It lasts for up to 25 years with proper storage, and it's yours today for $150 off plus free shipping. $150 off plus free shipping. Don't wait any longer. Head over to preparewithdace.com. That's where you get this discount from my Patriot Supply at preparewithdace.com. All right, let's get to issue two. Pride goeth before the fall. The U.S. Space Force tweeted a picture of an astronaut on the moon holding a rainbow flag emblazoned with the words Queer Space. Men's bathroom product line Every Man Jack tweets a graphic which reads Groom with Pride. The online publication Fatherly tweets Pride parades and the Pride festivals that follow are noisy and crowded. They're filled with sites that may be new to kids like public nudity and kink. So is it appropriate to take your young kids to Pride? The article linked is titled, Yes, Yes, You Should Take Your Kids to Pride. The U.S. Marines tweet a picture of an infantry helmet with six bullets colored with the colors of the rainbow flag. Just a few examples from the first few days of the month our culture sets aside to either glorify and or bow the knee to the rainbow jihad, a movement which originally consisted of homosexuals who insisted they were out for visitation rights and tax benefits of those with traditional marriages now has turned into a month-long festival of unabashed debauchery, and you'll be made to care. So let's have a philosophical question to start this off. Todd, I'll start with you. Does the debauchery, such as Pride Month, cause the fall of a culture or signify a culture is already fallen? The latter. Hmm. And something you and I just got done talking about off air is the perfect example of that. Uh, We wouldn't have necessarily known it a long time ago, but uh, once men wouldn't do Ron DeSantis things... And that's what's been happening for a long time. We, we were just talking about what he just did with uh, telling the Tampa Bay uh, Rays, no, you don't get a new stadium because you want to take guns away from people. Like everybody else thinks you can hush tones and triangulate and meet in the middle. And neg- no, this guy just once you just will not man up like he did in every way of life, it's gone and you're going to end up at something like this. Uh, sooner or later I, I think it's just so abundantly obvious there's not some clever calculus this is not advanced math that Ron DeSantis is doing he's just saying um 
I'm going to tell you the way of things. He's Wyatt freaking Earp. That great scene in Tombstone when Billy Bob Thornton's running the casino and there's just no men, you know? They're just terrified. And one, Kurt Russell walks in there and I think, here's the rules. You're you and I'm me. And I win. You realize that right now. Otherwise, your life gets very, very hard. That's Ron DeSantis. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And that's why it's not... Trust me, if there's a bunch of men around... Drag Queen Story Hour doesn't have a chance. That's the math of this. Mm. Aaron, what do you think? So, I I think this is, uh, of course, the 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 answer to this question is yes, to some degree. I do believe, though, when it comes to total depravity. Um, there is total, as we've talked about, an utter depravity. I always believe there's more slope to slip. Always believe there's more slope to slip. Because do we have any indication that there that we're running out of slope? No. <laughs> no, there no, we haven't. There, there's no indication of this slowing down anytime soon. So in terms of of actually you know answering the question, I, I think it's a culture that is falling. That is falling and not completely because I don't think you can completely fall when it comes to sinfulness. And and by the way, I I said something in that intro at the end. Uh, it has become a month of debauchery. No, it has not. OK, it, it, it was it was always this. It was never about visitation rights and tax benefits. It Correct. was always about the debauchery. Those were always lies. It was always lies. Yeah. It was always lies from the pit of hell. And uh, it, it has not become that. We've just gotten more accepting of that. Jill, what say you? It's a culture that has already fallen, and we live in a post-truth world. You saw with that clip from Matt Walsh and the professor in What is a Woman? And he, you know, the professor's like, but why do you want to know what a woman is? He goes, because I'm looking for the truth. Mm-hmm. And the professor goes, yeah, but but why? You know, like to me, that signifies everything about the the whole movement itself. But why do you care? Well, because one side still cares about the truth. If if we were still in a falling society, adult teachers wouldn't be looking to their children to justify their actions, their beings. We see it all the time with the libs of TikTok videos now and saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to come out to my class today. When, when I was growing up, we knew nothing about our teachers, and that was totally fine. But it's it's so backwards, everything in society now, and we need adults to stand up and be adults, that it has always been true. It will always be true that whatever you change on the outside is never going to change who you are on the inside. Everybody goes through junior high and high school and they feel like they don't belong and they they want something bigger and they want a group to be a part of. And now kids are turning to the internet and that group is saying, hey, go through and transition and it'll be everything that you've ever dreamed of. But what we know is every time that, you know, socialists come about, transgenderism comes about, any time that utopia is promised, it will never mm-hmm. come through on that on that promise. You're still going to be as broken as you were before. And it's going to be you know that much worse because you've done irreversible damage to yourself. Very eloquently stated. And I think that we need to make sure, I, I don't think we should pull our punches on this whatsoever, whatsoever. But I also think we need to broaden our perspective because who's being caught in the web of this? 
who's being caught in the web of this demonic deception are young people who, as Jill pointed out, go through a period where they feel lost and we've got all this interconnectedness in our culture right now and people have never felt more alone on a lot on a lot of scales than they do right now because all this interconnectedness is largely it's largely superficial it's largely about who you are on the outside not who you are or what you stand for on the inside and that just doesn't fulfill you on any level whatsoever. And we are all, what, is, what did Blaise Pascal mean when he said, we're looking for that God, we're looking to fill the God-shaped hole in our heart. He was referring to the idea of unconditional love, ultimate identity and purpose. Why am I here? Does anybody truly love me no matter what? Will there, is there anybody that will truly not fail me? That's what he was referring to. And so you go through this point and process in your life where maybe you feel lost like this. And along comes this group, online, of course, in most cases, or in the schools, in the rest. And what they, what they seem to offer is a counterfeit version. It's just you don't recognize it at first, of that unconditional love. You are feeling, you're, the acceptance, you're, you're mistaking acceptance and affirmation for unconditional love. And they're not the same thing. My kids will tell you when they're wrong, I will tell them and write to their faces. I have never stopped, I've never stopped loving them unconditionally, ever. And there is nothing they could do that would cause me nothing to not. But there's all kinds of things they could do that I would not accept and affirm. And because they're kids, and even though they're adorable, they're little sinners, I haven't. And so we mistake the affirmation and the acceptance for the fulfillment of that God-shaped hole in the heart. And it's not until we become too reliant on it now that the connection is too deep that the, the true cost is revealed. The demonic Faustian bargain is revealed. Now all you've got to do to take this to the next level is mutilate yourself. That's, that's, that, that's baptism. That's your outward sign of devotion, your outward expression. Mutilate yourself. Scar yourself. This is very dark. It is very demonic. And the people that are caught in its throes are very desperate and need a lot of help. Let us not forget that while we're calling the darkness for what it is. Let's get to the exit question. If the odds that pedophilia will soon be added to the LGBTQFU letterhead, if those odds were a Loverboy song, which Loverboy song would it be? A, Turn Me Loose, B, Loving Every Minute of It, or C, The Kid Is Hot Tonight? I can answer that's, this question for you guys. Well, you did. That's the most Dacian thing ever. Yeah, yeah, you gave yeah. us no options. Because they're, they're all, it's all, yes. Yes. It's all, it's, it's absolutely on the horizon. I mean, I, I'll save you guys. I'll, you guys are, you guys want to comment on those choices? Anybody disagree with that? No. No. Nope. And the, and let me tell you, there's only one thing that will stop it. Only one thing that will stop it. And it's what you said earlier, brother. It is, it is the men coming forth and saying, here's how this is going to go. I win, or we win, and y'all lose. 
And it won't go any other way other than that. Just so we're clear on that. That's the only thing that will stop it. Nothing else will stop this from happening. Other than the men will come forth and they will say, here's how this goes down. Only one of us is walking out of here with our worldview intact. And I can promise you, that's going to be me. So do the math from there. Nothing short of that will work. We are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. The Declaration of Independence didn't declare anybody or make anybody free. The next six years of, of a Revolutionary War did. Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. They were still doing bus boycotts in the South for civil rights in the early 1960s. A hundred years later. Because proclamations don't secure any freedom or wholeness or righteousness. Non-compliance does. Non-compliance does. And the spirit of the age, I promise you, will deploy every evil that we will not comply with. It will not stop on its own. It will not show any restraint on its own. It will do everything you can imagine and things you wouldn't dare unless we say no and then show that we mean it. More in a moment. I never, well, I shouldn't say never. I will try very hard to not ask you to directly donate to something that I have not directly donated to. And that's why I have no issue uh, asking you to consider donating to our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. They represent all of their clients pro bono, which means they need tax deductible donations from people like us in order to keep that mission going. Our family has made a donation to ADF because I've seen firsthand up close and personal over the years uh, how effective they are in defending our constitutional rights in court all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. You never know when you or someone you know might be the next Jack the Cake Baker, right? Uh, or you're a parent who is being told, no, you you can't stop us from experimenting on your child. You have no such rights to look at the curriculum we want to inculcate your child with. They defend your constitutional rights, and they have a very good track record doing so. If you want to make a tax-deductible donation, you can do so today at adflegal.org slash Steve. That's ADF for Alliance Defending Freedom, adflegal.org slash Steve. I have to share this because it's right on the heels, Todd, of what you were just talking about. And I I don't even know what to say, okay? I mean, at this point, Ron DeSantis is a freaking superhero, man, Okay. So the whole thing yesterday with the Tampa Bay Rays where he took $35 million in tax breaks and credits away from them because they uh, decided to virtue signal on the Second Amendment, that, I mean, that was like, whoa. How about this? 
The state of Florida threatened the Special Olympics with $28 million in fines because the organization had a jab requirement at its games in Orlando this weekend. Late yesterday, the Special Olympics pulled the requirement. This is how we do. I mean, this is what we were just this this is what we were just discussing. What when, none of this ends until the men step forward. The men step forward. The men step forward and make it end. And do not accept we, we're like Klingons. We don't accept prisoners. It's unconditional surrender. No, there's no middle ground between you getting to experiment. We, we, we've got a history of seeing what, uh, how uh, in the past science has loved to experiment on the kinds of people that participate in things like the Special Olympics, right? And no, we don't find it special. Uh, we find it, uh, frankly, abhorrent. And as we do your uh, jab mandate, and so we're going to find the excrement out of you. And we're not going to stop until you say quit. And that's when it's over. Those are our terms. Our terms are we win, you lose, thank you. Those are the terms. Yes, and something you tweeted yesterday as well needs to be underscored, and we've talked about it before. Ron DeSantis is a perfect example. Most Republican governors take uh, Greg Abbott in Texas. They just want to find consensus and then uh, gov- govern, govern, it's not really governing, govern based on consensus. Guys like Ron DeSantis are bold and they create create consensus yes. by means of their boldness and actual effectual governance. That's a, that's such an important thing to understand. Yeah. And you look at the numbers in Florida of voter registration, that's the that's all the proof you need. I mean, you look at his his candidate the the, the Democrat candidates can't raise any money cuz no one wants to just flush it down the toilet cuz they know they have no shot. He has not as Aaron pointed out, he has not governed by polling. He has changed the polling by governing. Let's get to issue three as we welcome Jill Savage back into the conversation for the Dace Group. Is anyone accountable for anything these days? The police chief of the city of Uvalde, Texas, was quietly sworn in this week as a member of the city council. Just a week after his department apparently botched a confrontation with a school shooter, which ended up with 19 dead children and two dead adults. Also this week, a jury in Washington, D.C. found former Hillary Clinton advisor and campaign lawyer Michael Sussman not guilty of lying to the FBI after he admitted that he, with the expressed approval of Hillary Clinton, planted phony stories about now non-existent connections between Donald Trump and a Russian bank. This week as well, the Department of Justice announced they are not going to bring charges against two former FBI agents who all but botched reports and allegations of sexual assault against former USA Gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser. Another week, another slew of people who should be in prison getting away scot-free in America. That is even count Newsmax booking Deborah Burks, who should have been doing that remotely from a prison cell. Um, so just to recap this, okay, so we have the Evaldi police chief, just in case you missed it, sworn in as a city councilman this week. Could they at least have, you know, let the bodies cool before they pull that one off? Uh, you have the Seussman getting vindicated by a Democrat activist D.C. jury where one of the jurors literally said as they were assembling the jury, hey, I'm a I'm a Democrat activist. I'm not sure I can be all that. All that objective here. Made it on the jury after saying that. All right, that happened. Okay. 
And then you have the Department of Justice deciding not to punish the very FBI agents who could have done something to stop arguably the worst sex offender in American history, Larry Nassar. And that all just happened this week. What was the most egregious miscarriage of justice here? Or was there something else? Jill, we'll go to you. And when you look at the police chief in town, I understand he's going to have friends. You're going to have known him for a really long time. So that on a local level, uh, I'll put that aside because they actually know him. With Sussman, we've learned that if you're Clinton or Clinton adjacent, you will not be punished in this country. We have learned this for decades. The lowest hanging fruit there is the FBI agents and Larry Nasser because it's the theme of this show. Children were harmed here. Children are forced to be treated by a doctor who abused them at their training facility, alone in their hotel rooms when they were at meets. This one is so easy that if we can't, as a society, punish FBI agents, because if, if you're looking out there and any of us were these agents and, and we knew and we said, hey, oh, you know, this guy, Bill, this agent, Bill, he knew about it. We're all talking and we're all wondering why the hell isn't Bill being punished, mm-hmm. right? Like this is a problem. And this week we we hear all about the, the gun legislation. You're either for kids or you're for guns. This one is much, much easier because everybody should be for kids and against sex offenders. Hmm. And just to reset, when we talked about this earlier this week, gentlemen, in any other era prior to this one, if there was this level of a systemic slip through of a fiend at the level of Larry Nasser, the system would have leapt to find a couple of underlings who might not have even been guilty just to offer up some sacrificial lamb in order to satiate the public outcry, right? And get ahead of it. And we, hey, we found the guys. I let this thing go and, and, and we're going to punish them. And, and look, we're going to do this uh, live on radio or TV uh, as you're going to see what, how they get a chance to find out what it looks like underneath the bottom of the back of a bus, right? That's, that's how this would have worked in the past. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, yeah, yeah, you're good, man. And make sure, hey, keep that retirement going. Uh, you've got a nice uh, retirement fund uh, from the government. Uh, you got you got that coming to you, and we'll just drop this on the Friday before Memorial Day when no one's paying attention and nothing to see here. Of course, uh, there's no accountability because we are uh, post uh, accountability and now simply in the realm of narrative. I, I I've said this before. Why accountability demands some level of shared truth at some point, and Matt Walsh pointed it out. It's not there on the most fundamental levels. And here's where you actually have to you understand and respect your enemy. Why would they, in their chaos-inducing world, God-hating world, why would they care about accountability in any real way? I mean, if it happens to benefit them, but that's not really accountability. Again, that's narrative. That's power. Accountability is a shared understanding of justice. They're they're liars. They're cheaters. They're of the devil. There can't be any such thing as account. It doesn't make any sense to them. Why would they seek it? Mm. Again, understand that. And that is not pagan. That's demonic. In a pagan society, if you failed the system to that degree, 
dude, this is these are Sophocles plays. We all read them in AP mm -hmm. English growing yeah. up. Yeah. Everybody drinks hemlock and yeah. shame at the end. Yes. For shame, I've shamed my family, my legacy, my forefathers, yes. my ancestors, the idols of my ancestors on the mantle. Yes. I've shamed my family brand. We all take the hemlock at the end of the Sophocles yes. play. But that we know that that's how pagan systems operate. There's at least some misguided form of honor there. This is demonic. It is not pagan. It is demonic. What you just described, Aaron. So I think Jill's answer is is correct. And um, here's here's the case for the the Sussman, um, the the, the Sussman uh, verdict as well. Guys, this was used. This story was used, planted in the media with the expressed consent of Hillary Clinton in order to shape a, a narrative framing an innocent person for treason. That's Correct. essentially what we're talking about yes, here. Yes, yes, yeah. We only can get to the environment, justice or otherwise, culturally or otherwise, politically or otherwise, we can only get to the environment where that thing is gone, goes unpunished, uh, whether it's Hillary Clinton or anywhere else, that thing sees the light of day at all. We only get to that environment when we care nothing about, as Jill was talking about, you know, uh, justice for children who were abused. These seeds, it's like, it's like, like the contagion that uh, Ra's al Ghul's people dumps into the water supply. Just in the water supply, can't really see it, can't really taste the effects, can't really uh, see the effects, but it's in the water supply. All it takes is one giant microwave to release it all, and we're seeing that, especially in the last couple of years, we're seeing that. COVID turned on that, whatever the machine was, the microwave that uh, turned the contagion into gas, and we're seeing that everywhere now and that is um you know you can make a case for the sussman uh and uh and the nasser uh thing but i, I think at the end of the day we only get to the environment where, where stories like framing somebody for treason get into place and are even seeing the light of day by not getting first things first exit question between debbie burks and anthony fauci which do you believe is the most deserving of capital punishment and maybe you think neither is Todd. fauci aaron Yes. Jill. Fauci. So here's this week's kicker question. And it's a doozy. All right. For $15 million, would you let Amber Heard drop a deuce in your bed? Aaron. Question is more like a deucey. Am I right, Steve? Ha, 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 ha. No. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Jill. Jill. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> In fact, I was going to say no, because I'd do it for a lot. Let her do it for a lot less than that. I could buy a new bed for $15 million. No doubt. I could, I could pay, you know, whoever I wanted to come take that thing away. I would never have to see it. Exactly. I want to go through the trial and everything else that Johnny Depp did. I mean, guys, inflation is bad out there. I hear you. $15 Hello? That buys how much air freshener and antibacterial wipes does 15 million buy? All of them. All of it. How many new homes? It empties the supply chain. That's what it does. See, this is, okay. I, I firmly believe in my answer, but that, I, we're in a no win situation. For guys on here, Jill said, if we say, oh, yeah, you're disgusting, you're a pig, and then she just She totally, did have you cornered getting she, to speak last. Now, That's we true. We all say no during the show. <laughs> you try to take the high like, road. Oh, hell yeah, yeah the money's yes. mine. <laughs> That's true. If you give the typical crude guy answer, she might turn that around on you. She's got your corner. That's you were right. You were Chicks, on the button, man. as we like to say at the poker Chicks, table. Man. You were out of position on that one. Yes, indeed. Let's get two predictions. Todd, go. 
I was thinking about this week. Here's what uh, vaccination is going to be going down on all fronts, not just COVID. But here's the play that's going to be happening. You know, it's true. Uh, it's going to be going down, and in order to uh, in- increase everybody's desire to get vaxxed or else, what they're going to do is they're going to release measles, mumps, rubella, common one. Uh, yeah, and we all know who they are. They're going to release it in and then blame the so-called anti-vaxxers. And it's going to be as just as dystopian as you think it's going to be. So Nero still blames the Christians yes, for the fire exactly. that he started? That's yes. going to happen. All right, Jill, what's your prediction? Uh, it's not my prediction, first of all, but if Paul Alexander could somehow morph into a Ron DeSantis, then maybe maybe he would have a shot. So you're saying uh, there's I- a chance. <laughs> okay. All right. My prediction, though, is that I will be seeing all of you at the uh, Family Leadership Summit. Oh, cool. Nice. July 15th. The rumor is you may get the first look at a certain movie that day, 42 days from today. That is the rumor. I can neither confirm nor deny that rumor, but it is percolating as we speak. So it'll be good to see you. Aaron. Uh, Gentlemen and lady. 62 days from today is August 4th. Do we know what happens on August 4th? Aaron's beloved Hall of Fame game? Yes, the yes. Jacksonville Jag- I always make my, this prediction around this time of the year. So, uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars will prevail over their Oakland Raiders in a very hard-fought Hall of Fame game, 20-13. to 13. So I was going to make a snarky prediction that there will be a, another Top Gun movie with the massive success now of Maverick, and it will... Paramount will use the the young pilots that are introduced, the new Top Gun class, uh, to kind of launch a new franchise. Now, this one doesn't name what the enemy is because, you know, it could be 75 countries. Uh, But in the next, I was going to make the prediction that the next, in the next Top Gun, the enemy will be named and it'll be called Top Gun Red State. I was, that was going to be my prediction. Okay. But I've, I've decided I'm going to change it up. The whole Leah Thomas, my prediction is that the entire Leah Thomas charm offensive that went down this week is to groom you to accept men replacing actual women on the next U.S. Olympic team. That's what it's about. That you are being groomed to say nothing and and show no level of offense whatsoever and rally around the flag as you watched as you watch more bearded ladies and 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 beings with adam apples uh adam apples and uh square jaws and broad shoulders replace women on the olympic team that's what i think the entire leah thomas charm offensive will prove to be about any thoughts on that in the minute we have left i hate you and of course you're correct jill you have any thoughts on that as a sports person here We've already seen a man with the weightlifting competing as a woman. So mm-hmm. we've seen it once. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to see it on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. We got some breaking news. We do. What well. do you got? Uh, Paul Alexander just texted me, quote, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, <laughs> exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, end quote. Joe, what if he identifies as Ron DeSantis? <laughs> Is that all right? Will that know. work? That's- that's no, gonna be, that's going to be pretty difficult here. All right. I think she's more of a $15 million kind of gal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, she gave you a standard to shoot for. All right. At least there's something uh, definable on the table, brother. Joe, good to see you as always. All right. Take care. 
You too. I bet you never thought your show would turn into The Bachelor. No, or The Love Connection. We'll be back in two and two, actually, with Feedback Friday. Stay tuned. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, all of you. Don't forget that you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. We'll get to some of your emails here in just a few moments. You can also like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can also look for me at Steve Day Show. Follow me there on Twitter, Getter, also over at uh, TikTok and Instagram as well. And then you can also find me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace over on Truth Social. And then you'll find clips of the show that are free to watch and also free of any big tech censorship when you watch them at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. And that is the last name, D-E-A-C-E. For those of you that are podcast listeners, we have seen our podcast ranking soar this week. I'm not sure why. Have we done something special or different? That you can think of? Nope. Or did everybody else that was ahead of us just suck this week, maybe? Let's go with that. Okay. But our podcast ranking on iTunes is just like soared this week. So whatever you're doing, maybe it's those five-star reviews. Please keep those coming. We appreciate all of them. Hit like or subscribe, depending on uh, which applies on where you choose to get the podcast from. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. And please, if you've yet to do so, consider, because apparently it helps the show when you do that quite a bit. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at Tyga Coolers, of course. It's kind of the unofficial start of summer now that we're post-Memorial Day. Summer officially is just about uh, two, three weeks away. A great time for you to get a brand new cooler for the time that you're going to spend increasingly outdoors and out in the sun from the veteran-owned cooler company with everything made right here in the USA, employing actual Americans. It's called Tyga Coolers, and their coolers are phenomenal. They've done custom lids uh, and custom coolers for the three of us. They can do just about anything that doesn't violate a copyright law for you or they'll just give you a regular cooler as well that is also top-notch and first class if you want one of these or you want to give one of these for a gift maybe to a loved one or a client enter the promo code steve at checkout for 10 percent off uh, when you go to tigacoolers.com that's t-a-i-g-a t-a-i-g-a for tigacoolers.com 10 percent off with the promo code Steve at checkout, and they all come with a lifetime, a limited lifetime warranty. So keep that in mind as well. All right, let's get to some feedback Friday. You guys ready to go? Sure. All right. Let's go. I want to begin with a couple of things that are sitting actually in the inbox that just came in uh, in the in the last couple of uh, couple of days because I think they're pertinent and timely. So I want to address them before I go to what I had originally lined up. Uh, I'm a uh, I'm a Tulsa police officer. And I responded to the Tulsa active shooting on June the 1st. I wasn't part of the first wave that went in, but of course, I'm extremely proud of those guys that did. As I'm sure you're aware, the shooting is already being memory hold for a few reasons, one of which being that the shooter is black. I still thought there might be more coverage because the shooter bought one of the guns he used about two hours before the shooting. But I still think they don't want to focus on this shooting too much because of the big pharma concerns. The shooter stated motive. The shooter's stated motive was that he was unhappy with his back surgery and the pain that he was in afterwards. I think just like with the jab injured, they are ignored or shouted down. The medications this suspect were on will likely cause his case to be ignored as well. Interesting. Um, 
If I find out any info about it, I'll try to let you guys know because I think you, your show and Daniel might be interested if harmful medications are being used and there's no accountability. Thanks for all you guys do to help people stay healthy and alive. Jason Angel, police officer, Tulsa Police Department. What do you think about that angle, that Officer Angel uh, that, that he uh, posited there, that it's not just his race? Because we, we, we saw that. Guys, again... There is, unfortunately, because your our culture's coming apart at the seams. There are there are ample things they could be mining for content over there, but they're choosing not to. I mean, it was just a few weeks ago that a that a black supremacist went into the subway system of the largest city in America and just started opening fire. And it's like that never even happened. I mean, and then you know, you might as well have called the New York City subway Waukesha at this point. Okay. So I do agree with, with the officer, because we've seen this MO, that if the race doesn't play out, then it just gets automatically memory hold. But he presented a second angle here, and that if you look at the kinds of drugs that he was on probably for the pain meds and they didn't work, they don't want that out there either because everybody is essentially, you know, we're the United States of Pfizer now. Any thoughts on that? I think he's absolutely right. Listen, one of the most popular literary genres and television in the uh 80s and 90s and you know cops things like that mm-hmm. true crime yeah people loved it and it and and you didn't have to things weren't parsed like this Tulsa police officer is talking about that's how he knows he's true they, they people came from all different backgrounds black white it was just like get into the nitty-gritty of the motivations and how bizarre they may have been but no, that there's that's going the way of the dodo because no, the, the crime, the grisly crime, is like space bar, space bar, space bar down on the list of what they care about. It's the narrative. That's what's fundamentally at stake here. So it, you, you know it's true. And people have talked about all the time when this people just instantly holding their breath until they find out who the serial killer is in this mm-hmm. case. Are they black? Are they white? They, they, because it's not enough that somebody was snuffed an innocent person was snuffed out that's just a moot point to them they don't care they really it, 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 to the point that this is how you know uh that this is uh demonic the, these are the kind of human sacrifices required i i think we even need to start thinking about steve because he, why uh you always used to talk about um the um the, the the Fred Phelps mm-hmm. and how you think like this is it's okay oh, so he was a plant he he's was a too plant. good of a villain yeah he's, I I think the, the, the murders themselves in a demonic culture I I think they're often going to be plants they're going to be done for the purpose of the narrative or that prompted they want. spiritually provoked prompted Correct. in yes. order to further a spirit of the age yes narrative. like the yeah. like the Joker manipulating yeah. the insane. In the dark like night. Ari says in, in Wonder Woman, I just whisper things in their ear yes. and they take it from there. Yes. I didn't do anything. Right. They acted on they acted on their own compulsions. Of course, compulsions that I inspired, Correct. but they still had to choose to act on them, right? Yes. Uh this is from now now we're gonna talk about the uh a couple of notes. I got a ton of notes, by the way, on people that pushed back on the Culvers in Warrensburg, Missouri, who Aaron, you featured in your montage this week because they were sponsoring a drag queen story time hour in small town, Missouri. I got a ton of notes from people who pushed back on Culver's for this. All right. I want to share a couple of them with you. Um, 
I came to the place for Crowder, ended up sticking around for you guys a snark and vinegar. One of these days, I need to thank Stephen Crowder for the amount of people he has indirectly introduced to our program. I, I think he has helped us get uh, the wrong Steve gets credit here. Crowder is the one that has generated more people coming to this show than I have. I mean, the amount of people who came for Crowder and then were looking for other things in the network to watch and ended up finding us. I mean, we've been hearing this going back to the CRTV days yeah. before even the Blaze merger. We do, I'd, I'd say we owe him a finder's fee, but I'm pretty confident he's making substantially more money than we are. So I think he's doing okay. So maybe I'll just send him a cookie bouquet or a thank you note. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, I was surprised to hear about my little hometown in your opening segment the other day. I was excited and then disappointed. I want to let you know that afterward, I checked in with some of my contacts. They've already started calling the companies supporting the Pride Fest here in town to make them aware of what they are supporting. Many are pulling money from the banks and support from other organizations. We are a small town, but for nine months out of the year, we are inundated with college students and professors that try to impose their woke agenda on this small country town but we are fighting back there are also a few large strong churches with some fiery pastors that won't stand for this corruption of their children either so there you go okay and then i wanted to share this one too Uh, my husband and i are subscribers to blaze tv we watch you guys a show together every night we own five culver's restaurants here in the midwest so imagine our surprise and absolute horror to see what you guys had on your show the other day. Please let me assure you that this is not a reflection of all the Culvers. My husband and I absolutely reject this indoctrination and grooming, and I have reached out to our corporate office because I too have questions that I would like to have answered. That's from Kim Straczynski, who wrote that note. So this is what we mean. Last year it was the answer is us. This year it was let's find out. Doesn't mean, by the way, we're always going to get the answer we want. Is that, right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not Benny Henning you here, okay? I'm not Creflo dollaring you here. I'm not promising you because you did something righteous with a righteous instinct and motivation, you will always get a righteous result. Do we not still live in a fallen world? Of course. Of course, okay? Did we still string Jesus up on a cross? Yes. Yes, okay. But here's what I am guaranteeing you. I'm guaranteeing you this. You have no shot to get a righteous result without acting on your righteous motivations and righteous instincts. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. On that, on that, on that, I can guarantee you that. I can't guarantee that it's always going to go your way, Lenny Kravitz. I can't guarantee you that. Okay. But I can guarantee you that it never will if we never do this. I can absolutely guarantee you that one. So I got tons of emails from people from that community or know people from that community uh, that, hey, we're calling, we're checking on this right now. It's the first we've heard of it. So I wanted to make sure that we honored that today and said, thank you. And so I picked out just a couple, but I got a ton. I was very happy with that response and reaction. So thank you. All right, let's continue. This one will not be as encouraging, however. I sat with my son-in-law at church this morning. I casually asked him where his wife, my daughter, was. He timidly replied that she and my granddaughter were at an event. My granddaughter, by the way, is a high school senior, and my daughter is a teacher at a local parochial school. Keep that part in mind as I finish this. Earlier this afternoon, I was perusing my Facebook page when I saw a post from my daughter with pictures 
describing a drag brunch she and my granddaughter attended that morning at a local eatery. Yes, this took place on a Sunday morning. While most of us were in church worshiping Almighty God, it is crippling to suddenly realize that the spirit of the age has struck so close to home. The wind has been knocked out of me. I am visibly shaken by this. To make matters worse, on a personal level, I will be sitting with my daughter and her family soon, watching my granddaughter graduate high school. It will be a struggle to hold myself together. I'm reminded of your observation that either we're about to enter a second dark age or we have come to the end times. Today, frankly, I'm praying it is the latter. Signed, a disappointed grandma. If you're really disappointed, don't go to that graduation ceremony. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. But you you, got to do what you can to open up eyes that are being welded shut as we speak. Don't, don't just go on with business. You can't, you can't, you have to do something. Hmm. There's going to be, you know, there's, um, there's the passage, whoever doesn't hate his father and mother can't follow me. Jesus talking about the, the, the point of, of what is your commitment level? What is your level of commitment? What is the level of commitment that is required to be a follower of Christ? A lot of us, and I say not you, a lot of us, because we're going to be challenged the same way on this show, on this network, those uh, who are followers of Christ, and you in the audience, all of us are going to all of us are going to have that tested. What is our level of commitment? Is it greater than the level of our shiny objects, our shiny idols? Is it equal to? Because equal to is not going to be enough. We're all going to find out. The funny thing about let's find out is that it works both ways. Both offensively and passively. We can find out a lot about ourselves by what we don't do. And the, the, the areas that we're not going to go to. Don't let the let's find out moniker mantra be the latter. Always play offense. Always be able and 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 um, along the lines of what Todd was just saying, test where you're willing to go with that. May not always be the right answer to cut off or to uh, 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 you know cut off relationships. Sometimes that's what's what it's going to require to get people's attention. Before we move on with Feedback Friday, you know you got 360 spots from your neck down to your feet called joints, uh, and these are critical for function and flexibility. Uh, But as we get older, they can also become uh, unfortunate hubs for inflammation, which is why when you try to function and you try to be mobile, you get that achiness, that stiffness, that soreness that just lingers and won't let go. Often that is because of too much inflammation, which is why you are looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory like Omega XL, backed by going on a third decade of clinical research and the last three years now of me using it on a daily basis, I can personally attest to how good of a product Omega XL is. Everywhere I travel, I make sure to take it with me. Not a day goes by that I don't use it, and I've seen tremendous results. I'd recommend you give it a shot as well, especially when they're giving you a great deal to give it a shot. Buy one, get one free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's buy one, get one free. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or you can give them a call at 800-844-4888, 800-844-4888.
Uh, this notice from Dory, she says, I fear we are being played by begging the state to put a police officer between us and our children. After what's happened the last two years, how can we possibly think that's a good idea? We don't need another level of government between us and our kids. In Texas on that horrible day, the police officers detained the people who pay their salaries while the kids were the ones being shot at or while their kids were being shot at. Think about that for a second. This is Patriot Act 2.0 kind of stuff. It will be turned against you, and now you have an armed officer between you and your children on a daily basis. Sorry, we are hosting a vaccination clinic today. No visitors allowed, etc. Sorry, we're having a drag queen storytelling today. No visitors allowed, etc. This is not the solution. We are being played. P.S. You guys are one of the only people I listen to who makes any sort of sense these days. I hope you'll read this and help conservatives see the blind spot with their take on this issue because we can't fix a spiritual problem with a political solution. So we did an overtime discussion about this yesterday because uh, our friends at Trafalgar, probably the best, most accurate pollster in America right now, did a poll that found a a solid majority of Americans. I think it was 57 percent or something around there. Uh, and the numbers actually go up the younger you go. It was actually uh, young young uh, adults in their 20s that were the most in favor. They were over 60% of arming school officials or teachers. Not quite the same thing as putting the police there, but having some armed presence there. And, and, and we looked at it from the perspective in the overtime of, are we really eager after seeing th- these libs of TikTok threads all day long and every single day and everything that guys like Christopher Rufo and Corey DeAngelis are exposing right now. Are we really sure we want to give the, uh, uh, the teacher union uh, reps guns, right? At what point, and we even use these examples. I mean, at what point do they say, uh, no, you, 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 there's no visitors today. We even used some of the examples that you talked about here, Dory. So I think the conclusion we came to yesterday that if it was a if it was some kind of local like a neighborhood watch of the schools where the local dads were getting together and doing it, okay, um, and they clearly had formal training, weapons training, self defense training. At least if there's an issue, you can go directly to them, okay. But we also had reservations about having anybody with any official um, connection to government doing this and. And just speaking for myself, I don't like that. I, because I kind of feel helpless. Because it feels as if we we know we can't trust the, the, the entities that we formed. You know, we the people in order to form a more perfect union, right? We formed this union. We formed these entities like police and military. We, we formed them for our benefit. And now we are, I think, prudently resistant to deploying them on any level because we've watched them be deployed against us. We watched Dallas cops during COVID lockdowns walk into a salon and take out the 140-pound salon owner and put her on trial, right? We saw that. Yes. But we couldn't see how many officers walk in and detain one young man with a weapon for 75 minutes last week. So we we are prudently resistant to deploying any of these, any of these institutions because they're all, they all are either under, under target for corruption by the spirit of the age or already corrupted to the point they'll just be turned on us. I mean, here there was a breaking news story within the last hour, Peter Navarro, who we've had on this show, 
just was indicted by the by the Biden Department of Justice for what I have, I have no idea for what uh, for for being Trump adjacent to borrow a term from to paraphrase the term that uh, Jill Savage used last hour for Clint adjacent Clinton adjacent. So hey, you look the other way while Larry Larry Nasser destroys the lives of how many women and probably the families that uh, will be impacted that they'll go on to be involved in as adults, right? Look, no one's accountable for that. Peter Navarro indicted. I, 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 Dory, I think you're right to a certain level. So what do you do? <laughs> I, I, what do you do when you don't trust the institutions that are supposed to handle these things to not manhandle you instead? but then you aren't specifically empowered to step into that breach yourself. What do you do? And I think that this is something we're going to have to wrestle with quite a bit here in the time going forward, because these institutions aren't turning around anytime soon. Todd, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, the, uh, I, I get increasingly, especially after the examples during COVID that Steve mentioned, but even before COVID came along, I told you because of my own circumstances with the police, like you don't, you don't constantly give this thin blue line pass, no matter what, no matter what, to the arm of... And, and you're normally a small government, stay out of my life kind of person. You don't give that pass to the branch of the government with the sticks and the guns. We've, we've just been following... And so, yeah, th- that institution has been rotted out in many ways, just like any place else. Listen, that's uh, being a cop in, in in many respects for a lot of these guys. It, it it's not a duty; it's a lifestyle choice. Just like I said before, it's not a being a man is not a leisure pursuit. But we've convinced ourselves that that is, and that why now men on on sitcoms are just a punchline. I don't are uh, are get better men, period, and we won't have this problem systemically if we don't do that. Ticket schools, cops, just go down the line. It's going to be stupid because stupid is what you asked for. Uh, stupid sounds like that might be the better option of where I think it could potentially go. But sure. what do you think, Aaron? No, I, I the resistance, the resistance to um, these legacy institutions uh, increasing on the part of those who would identify or once identified as as conservative i think that is a, a good thing because it shows that we're we're waking up and that we that we collectively know what time it is but at the same time as well we are witnessing a la the the topic about who's held accountable basically nobody unless your name is michael avenatti who uh was just sentenced to uh, an additional four years this week but we live, we say we want limited government, not no government. The problem that we have right now, we have actually a limited government. We do. We really do. We have limited government when it comes to our borders. We have limited government <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, arresting the It's the limited agents. to one particular it's agenda. It's limited to one yeah. particular agenda. Yeah. Well so that's, that's kind of the crux. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of people resistant to any uh, re- dependence on those legacy institutions you talk about. 
Laura Thompson writes, this week I had my first real political dilemma. I got in a heated discussion with a friend and neighbor, and I had to leave when things got too heated. I excused myself because I just could not do it anymore. I was crying and apologizing as I left. I am now getting in real live fights with close friends about politics, which has never happened, and it's very upsetting. How does one navigate when trying to discuss politics in a very non-political way? However, the two sides differ greatly in every way. I've been trying to discuss the issues without involving Trump or party lines, just discussing the issues without being attacked and without being without attacking, without calling names. And yet they always end up bringing Trump into the arena. Um, don't cast pearls before swine. Kick the dust off your sandals and move on to the next town. Who said those things? Jesus. Mr. Nice Guy. I, I, have, I have no problem with Jesus. It's his followers that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. He said those things. Arms opened wide on a cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's the one that said those things. Um, we don't have to be nicer and more patient than God. Nor should we actually try. And speaking of my my own temperament, because it can get a little um, worked up, fair, yeah. and get a little fiery, I've wondered sometimes if it wasn't just that that Jesus said those things to his followers about lost causes, that that... The other side, you're just here to present the message, and when it's clear it's not going anywhere, you you have no, you are under no obligation to continue to beat your head against a wall. There is no eleventh commandment: thou must beat thy head against a brick wall. That doesn't exist. But I, I, I we often take that to mean that, and, and we only take that to only have one meaning. I mean, which is okay. Well, they reject the message; they've judged themselves, so we move on. I wonder sometimes if it has another meaning. That this also pre- prevents us from becoming the very people that we, uh, you know, strive to not be. To recognize, oh, okay, it's just not happening. So nothing personal. Okay, cool. I don't need to bring this stuff up anymore. I'll love my neighbor as I love myself, you know, in other contexts. And hey, I like what you did with your lawn. Oh, dude, cool Halloween decorations. You know what I'm saying? Oh, sh- your, your kid's graduating. You're having a party. Congratulations on that. I don't need to engage. Because it's just not happening. You're a lost cause. You've you've declared yourself to be lost. And Pharaoh hardened his heart. So, move on. If it gets to the point... Now, if if we lack self-control and getting worked up and fiery about things of fiery furnaces is not losing self-control, okay? Meaning... You are doing things that go start undermining your own message. That's what it means by losing control. That's not a t- we uh, we always approach these things from the perspective of temperament because we've been so worked yeah. over by Western niceties. I know. That's not what it means. Okay, self control doesn't mean temper. It can mean that. Can it mean that? Yeah. But is that we always act as if that's all that it means? Right. No, it doesn't mean that exclusively. 
where I'm now the berater. I'm now imposing on you. I'm now the coercive force. Even if it's a nice, Karen's really nice. I brought the authorities to your home. Uh, and I just felt really bad about what you were teaching your kids. And I thought you might just want to hear what the authorities have to say. Sounds nice, right? Yeah. Really polite. It's not a temperament. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Meaning you have lost control of yourself. You are undermining now your testimony as a human. That's what it means. So, if it gets to that point, kick the dust off your sandal sister and just move on. You're not, no, under no obligation for perpetual engagement. No obligation exists. Does not exist. Present a message if they don't want to hear. Yeah. Move on. You also seem surprised by this, but as a viewer of our show, we tell you on a regular basis that Sodom and Gomorrah is anywhere why are you surprised that you're not getting kindness and courtesy from Sodom and Gomorrah? You, you, you need to go into these conversations with your eyes wide open. Now, there, 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 there is no excuse. And by the way, by letting it go and just dealing with them on other levels as a human and loving your neighbor as you love yourself, you actually might open the door for these conversations to come back up again later. Oh, Okay, maybe I, I questioned your motivations that you just kind of wanted to get over on me and make me like you. Maybe, okay, all right, well, maybe, you see what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. might build a, a credibility and a rapport in other areas, okay? We'll come back with more of Feedback Friday in a moment. All right, so every once in a while, not often, but every once in a while, I will get a note from someone who says, all right, man, I, I bit the bullet and I tried Built Bars and it tasted great, like you said, but I don't mean to be soft or picky, but they're too, they're too chewy. Okay, I just don't want to have to chew something that much. <laughs> I, I've, don't laugh. Okay, I this is like me saying Daredevil, the, the punching is too loud. <laughs> Now, they are chewy, guys. I mean, one of, and one of the reasons why is because, I mean, they're loaded. You know what I'm saying? It's it's you know it's the it's 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 like if you went if you went to McDonald's and you got a double quarter pounder, it would be, and then you order just a regular cheeseburger, one would be much chewier than the other, right? Okay, but I get it. I get it. Okay, that's why if that's you, all right. Try their Built Bar Puffs line, all right? That's the marshmallow line. They've got some uh, cool flavors, banana cream pie, churro. They don't even have a churro flavor for the Built Bars themselves. So if you love churros, they've got a Built Bar Puff churro, uh, the brownie batter. They don't have those as a flavor for the bars. You have to get that as a puff. That is very high on my power rating list. So try the Built Bar Puffs. Those might be more your speed, all right, because they're marshmallowy goodness, and so they're not nearly as chewy, but they taste every bit as phenomenal. And they're loaded with all the same grams of protein that you're looking for, covered in real chocolate, and they don't have 
the carbs, the calories, or sugars that the regular like regular built bars don't have either. All right. And you can use my last name, Dace, as your promo code 10% off when you go to built.com, B U I L T for built.com. That's the website for built bar. 10% off with the promo code Dace at built.com. All right. Let's continue on with some feedback Friday. Mark writes, How does a normal person navigate this crazy world? I am an actuary. That's first, let me start, stop right there. That's part of your problem. Okay. Because you live and embrace a world of constants. Things are definable, right? Numbers are constant. They, formulas are what they are. Outcomes are what they are. That is the world in which you live. And I get this because I love that world. <laughs> I love certainty. And in a demonic age, in a pagan age, we're just debating certainty. What is certain and what is not. In a demonic age, it's Matt Walsh's movie, do chickens cry? Why do you need to know the truth? Why would you care? What is certainty? What is it? If so, you go down this road. Yes. So right away, Mark, you need to know that your own nature and what you're good at and what you like is going to put you at odds heavily with the times in which you live. You're starting from a handicap, brother. You're behind in the race from the start, but I'll finish your note. All right. Uh, I consider myself to be scientific in my approach to work. Again, that's your problem. Science, what is it? All right. All right, we're kidding, but we are also serious. I've been accused by family members, some who are healthcare workers, of not believing in science. But in my view, science is about asking questions and performing analysis to confirm or contradict a hypothesis. Now, Mark, you're just adorable. Okay. (laughs) My frustration, you don't say, Mark. You don't say my frustration. I mean, this is what dude, Robert Malone went from. I proudly voted for Obama twice after in between inventing MRNA technology to I'm now posting anti trans memes on my sub stack. Have you, did you guys see the political cartoon from him mm. that I posted this morning? Okay. Yeah. Yes. How did, how did Robert Malone go from, I voted for Obama twice to I'm now posting anti-trans memes and political cartoons that Steve Dace thought, should I actually post this on Twitter this morning? How did Robert Malone get there? Because he too was a man of science and data and thought and thought this was about testable and provable and confirmed hypotheses and found out it's not about any of those things. My frustration over the past two years is that there's not adequate information being provided that would allow for reliable analysis. No, and that is on purpose. It's not a bug. It's a feature that's on purpose. They don't want anything tested. They just want it complied with. They just want it obeyed. I consider the most important aspect of science to be asking the right question and designing experiments and analysis that includes controlled comparisons of results. But what I find in the CDC data are answers to questions that sound good, but then do not include the appropriate scientific controls. You don't say. For example, the CDC associated data with excess mortality shows results from the end of 2019 through January 2022, and their analysis concludes that excess COVID-related deaths are highly correlated with not being vaccinated. However, well over half of these COVID-related deaths being counted in their analysis occurred before the vaccines were widely available. COVID deaths peaked in January of 2021, while vaccination dosages didn't peak for three more months. 
When someone claims they are being scientific but do not perform analysis scientifically, you have to assume that they are hiding something. Welcome to my nightmare, Mark. Welcome to the nightmare that began with asking a simple question. Um, pardon me. I have a question, if you guys don't mind. Uh, how do we flatten a curve if we don't know when it began? I thought this was an innocent question at the time. Those were simpler days. <laughs> I thought we were just all really just overreacting in a panic. Gosh. I'd kill to still believe that. We had so much hope. April, May of 2020, when more and more of the data came in. Oh, guys, this is going to be over. Those were the days. Remember those salad days? Nah. Of believing that data would actually, once it became known and got, went public, that there would be the proper reaction to it, and I people was, and people would be pleased to know it's not as bad as they were as they had feared. I yeah. was just the quirky anti-vaxxer yep. down here at the end, and now I'm it's just, yes, how, I, now it's a look in the mirror when yes. you look over here. I was just the plucky data guy, yeah. and now I'm looking at Todd. I'm like, the, you know, like there's that meme where the other woman walks by and then he looks over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, anti-vaxxers. I'm like, <laughs> yes. All right. I'm free. Let's, let's, let's at least grab a drink. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> that was adorable, Mark. We needed that, brother. Well said. I mean, everything you said was true, but as the professor at the University of Tennessee says to Matt Walsh, why do you need to know what's true? Why do you care? Why does it matter to you? Michelle writes, your show has become my favorite since we lost Rush. That's a tremendous compliment that we don't deserve, but thank you. I'm around your age, Steve. I'm an educated white woman. I don't consider myself a suburban woman, but could probably be discerned that way since I live outside of Huntsville. I'm a cradle Catholic that reverted that reverted after about 20 years of trying life as a Catholic in name only and then a failed marriage. I voted for Trump the first time around because he said all the right things, and if he did any of them, it would be a win. I'm not tech savvy and I'm not on Twitter. Although I thought he was doing a miserable job on COVID, I voted for him again because he was really the only choice in my opinion. Rush spoke multiple times about how the media and others could not separate Trump from his base, that he only believed Trump could do that. And I agree. I'm praying, therefore, that Trump doesn't run. He has separated from us, in my view, in the candidates he's supporting, in his refusal to see the truth about how he was used to help get the clot shots forced on us and how he let us down by being a passenger instead of the driver of the vehicle during COVID. DeSantis is on fire and on the right track. He's tapped into the truth and he's spreading it all over which is causing his star to rise. He should not wait and possibly lose that momentum to sit by for Trump to repeat what he did in the first four years. I really believe Trump's time has passed and you guys made the perfect case for DeSantis on your show recently by highlighting what he's done and is still doing in Florida. That is from Michelle. So let me share a few thoughts on this. After I remind you one more time that you should absolutely not go in when the world's richest man says, I need to start cutting back because I'm a little concerned about where the economy is headed. Okay? Because that's what Elon Musk said this morning. All right. When the world's richest man is like, when the world's richest man is the Steve Carrill office gift, okay, make sure you do not go into the real estate market without an agent you can trust with a fully proven vetted track record of success, especially 
in these unprecedented times. Thank, thank you. Uh, and where would you find just such an agent where well, the name kind of says it all? So go there, please. Realestateagentsitrust.com. If you trust Glenn Beck, and hopefully you do because he's our patriarch around here. None of us would have this gig without him. All right. So if you trust him, then you should know. This was a business that he and his associates started because... They didn't want to run into any more agents they found out too late they could not trust. And so these agents have been fully vetted for their track record of success before they are referred to you. Check it out online right now at realestateagentsitrust.com. So let me, let me answer this way, Michelle's note. And I know some of you are probably like, let's tune in today to see what Steve thinks about Donald Trump. <laughs> The Steve no. All right. So um, let me give you uh, a, a brief history of time. Uh, Dr. Strangelove, or how I learned to kick back, relax, and just enjoy the ride with Donald Trump. So my time with Donald Trump began in 2013 when he came to me. Actually, I, of course, would have no idea how to come to him. He came to me because... His political organizer said, hey, here, there's a list of people, if you're serious about running, there's a list of people on the ground in Iowa that you need to get to know. And this guy, Steve Dace, is one of them. We developed a rapport. He would frequent, come, frequently come on this show before you guys came to work here. Um, on, on one day's notice, I went to try out for a gig doing drive time in New York City. On one day's notice, I got a hold of Donald and he agreed to come on the show because I thought that would really impress the station owners. And it did, but I still didn't get the gig. Um, He endorsed Rules for Patriots, was um, even let me write my own endorsement (laughs) in the most Trump thing ever. His first official appearance as a candidate in Iowa, he gave me an exclusive interview before anybody else in the entire national media. Um, Oh, and... um, he was going to offer me a job. I then went after seeing more and more of how his campaign operated. I was probably me and Jason Miller were two of the staunchest anti-Trump. We have to beat him people on the cruise campaign, which I find interesting because the only like senior member of the cruise campaign staff that ended up going to work for Trump because he tried to hire them all about the only one that went to work for Trump was actually Jason Miller. Um, I then helped organize um, on the periphery. I don't want to make it look like I was like on the inside, but I was involved in organizing the Free the Delegates movement at the GOP convention where Ken Cuccinelli and Mike Lee both spoke on the floor about freeing the delegates to vote their conscience. I don't think I've ever told you guys this publicly, but I'll admit it here because it plays into this conversation. I contributed a portion of the speech that Cruz gave at the convention that year. But it wasn't the... The, the, port, the part about vote your conscience, I did not contribute that portion. I contributed the portion where he referenced what had happened to the Dallas police officers. Okay. Uh, I did not vote for Trump in the general. No, I did not vote for Evan McMuffin. Um, we had him on the show that night, and I think I remember I told you guys that's not happening. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I could smell the skunk right away. I voted Constitution Party. Again, I've done that a lot recently. Um, uh, let me see what else. 
I was convinced his, he would be a miserable failure. And then the first week he was president, I found myself in the trenches with his people defending him because he was actually already beginning to act on the very immigration stuff that I thought I was convinced he was lying to our base about the entire time. Um, I then thought he gave the best foreign policy speech by a president post 9-11 later that summer in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And by the time now we get to 2020, uh, I find myself feeling as if I'm now working harder to get him reelected than he was by being ex- way too passive when it came to COVID. You had a front row seat to all, pretty, almost all this. I mean, yes. you came in, you came in after my relationship with Trump was already established. But from that point on, you saw everything else. Is that an accurate depiction oh, of this sure. long, strange trip that's been here yes. with me and Donald Trump? Yes. All right. So I don't know on a given day what I will think about Donald Trump. So neither should you. But I would say I think it is premature to throw him overboard completely because you don't have a lot of other options, as we've talked about before. And as we saw last week, when he uses his wealth and platform and presence to channel our values, he is a tremendous weapon on our behalf. And I don't know if you guys have noticed recently, we don't have like, we got a supply chain issue of weapons. Fair? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying that, you know, don't get the the latest, most developed and technologically advanced weaponry. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I also wouldn't be looking to get rid of the old stuff either because it's not like all all kinds of new weaponry is coming down the assembly line here. I'd be hoarding weapons. Does this make sense? Yeah. And if I could add as well, I I think some of the tangential to this this conversation um i think some of the og trump supporters get a little defensive when we start saying uh desantis better than trump either overtly or draw those uh draw those lines uh implicitly you should not be defensive should not be defensive that should be a massive compliment actually Notice how we're not comparing DeSantis to Lindsey Graham. We're not comparing DeSantis exactly. to yes. at least Stefanik. We're comp- Trump is the, has become, uh, for better or worse, but it should be a compliment nonetheless. Trump has become the plumb line yeah. for uh, offensiveness. Yes, That should be a massive compliment. Yeah. So don't get defensive when we draw these t- sorts of comparisons on on. You know, I'm any, glad you interjected any, that point. Any, I, any issue. It, that's yeah. a vital point. The show where all three of us, none of us voted for him in 2016. We are acknowledging that despite our presuppositions, he did set a new standard that now needs to be um, needs to be exceeded, as Aaron pointed out. Here's what I think about Ron DeSantis. Ron, you would first of all, there would not be a Ron DeSantis probably without Trump. First of all, that hasn't without Trump changing the environment politically. Secondly, without Trump's endorsement, he barely won the primary, very barely won the general. So if, if, if at this point you're just convinced Ron DeSantis is a superhero and I'm pretty much there, okay, that wouldn't happen without Trump. So that should be acknowledged. But I do believe that Ron DeSantis has become the fulfillment of the hope that people had in Trump, if that makes sense. And that being said, though, Ron DeSantis could get hit by a bus tomorrow, Right. Or a month from now, right? You know, so I wouldn't be eager to throw Donald Trump overboard, despite all of our frequent convetching, convetching about him and his histrionics. Is that fair? Yeah. Other than that, Michelle, we're kind of feeling you with that note. 
Everybody have a great weekend. We're back again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.